Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 192 of the Masterclass Podcast. My name is Cam Brennan, and his name is Dave Hogue. Good evening, sir. Good evening. How are you? Oh, no. Oh, man. We jinxed it. (laughs) How are you? You go first. I'm I'm great. So, uh, you know, just um, fresh off of a weekend where my son, who has special needs, um, just got to experience life um, with, quote unquote, regular kids, normal kids. And that's the weird thing. Even as a parent of a special kid, I never know what to call the other kids. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, your kid's normal. Mine's not. I don't know. Anyway, we just had a very cool weekend where he went to homecoming. He had a date. Um, uh, he is a freshman in special needs, and she is a junior. Let's go, Wilby. Let's go. Um, on the dance team, the dance squad. I don't even know what it's called. Very Kid. cute young lady. Kids got some very pull. cool, very cool uh, young lady. Anyway, um, we had a dinner with um, that was hosted by a family of another child that has special needs, and there were many, many kids that came to that dinner. Um, the quote unquote normal kids and the special needs kids, and it was just very cool to see them all in the house together, having conversations together, just being teenagers and really no labels amongst themselves. The labels probably came from all the adults watching the (laughs) interactions going on. And so it just, it, 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 it reminded me of um, the fact that there is a lot of good that comes in this world, not, uh, sometimes it seems like the whole political correctness and the changing of terms and how we approach some of that stuff gets crammed down your throat and forced on you. And I'm sure in some ways it does, but as a parent of a kid with special needs, I'm, I'm grateful that, that, that has, has improved and has changed. And so, Anyway, just on a bit of a high with uh, our son and what he experienced this weekend and getting to go to homecoming. And then the homecoming football game was on Friday night. And he is a manager for the team and gets to stand on the sidelines. And they actually had an overtime win. Oh, wow. Uh, And so it was kind of the whole place. And they'd, they'd come back from being at least two touchdowns down. Yeah, I think it was two touchdowns. And he was fully included in all of that. And so... Um, yeah, I think there's an element of every generation has areas where, um, they're worse than the previous generation. And I think there are other areas that they improve and become better. And I think this is one of the ways that, um, whatever your belief is about political correctness and all that kind of stuff. I just think our our kids are more accepting or more sensitive to um, those that are different than them. And instead of trying to exclude them, they do a very good job of including them. And I will just, the, the caveat or the piece that I'll add to that is, is I have the privilege of being in the schools every day as a para now. And I see it in the lunchroom. I see it in the hallways. I see it in gym class. I see them truly interacting with the kids with special needs 
and they know their names, they know their interests, they know their pets, they know their brothers and sisters. And um, as a child with special needs, I'm just very grateful for that and feel like we're on the blessed, being blessed uh, by that aspect of things. So didn't mean to go on the diatribe, but like I said, it's just kind of where I'm at from the weekend and we're incredibly grateful for that blessing. Well, and it's, I appreciate you sharing that because it adds nuance to the conversation of inclusivity versus exclusivity, right? In the church and politics, right? And we think inclusivity is only about the LGBTQ plus, right? And it, and rarely do we have the conversation in the church of inclusivity, including, you know, folks with special needs, whether they're physical, mm-hmm. you know, or mental or whatever, right? Like there's, there's that whole aspect of that conversation that I've yet to experience because it's always about, well, what are your thoughts on gender identity or homosexuality or all of that whole gradient of things, right? And so for mm-hmm. for you to bring that up and say as a parent of a young man you know with special needs that inclusivity that the church often maligns for other reasons is benefiting your kid in great ways that now you know we said before if if Wilby had been in my school when I was his age or in your school you know when you were his age it would have been a very different experience for him yeah. than it is now. And so I just, I think it adds incredible credence to this idea that we can't throw the entire thing out. We have to be able to engage in the conversation of what is good about this idea of including as many people as possible mm-hmm. and, and what parts don't jive with what the Bible has to say. And I think your ability to dive into that and say, this benefits my kid is a great way for, for other folks to be like, oh, the whole push for inclusivity isn't 100% a bad idea. They're like, it's a good thing in most scenarios that we make people feel loved. It, yeah. it, it is just in, in some of the particulars that the church will disagree with culture and it will, we will always do that. And so I just, I find it refreshing to, to hear, you know, one, I respect you and I know you, right. But like, <laughs> There's there's nuance and 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 gradients here of that conversation that I think is healthy to have, and I'm just glad that you brought it up in the way that you did, so that people could hopefully hear that like this is not a black and white issue. There there are there are so many ways that we can have this conversation, and so many different types of people with that live with different circumstances or realities, right? It's not just a yes or no binary thing, um, which I realized mm-hmm. that sh- even saying the word binary, that means something different now, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. you know, are you, are you, are you, uh, you know, a- anyways. Um, so I just, you know, I appreciate you sharing that and I'm glad that will be had a great time and that your team won, man. In overtime, yeah. that's epic. It really was. <laughs> it really, it really was. So good weekend very good yeah all right well we are uh i think we're gonna wrap up chapter 10 of hebrews today um but i also think that we're gonna read 
the uh, passages that we covered in the last two episodes as well to help set up a hopefully um, more thorough discussion of these last few verses. So we're going to cover chapter 10, 32 to 39, but we're going to read 19 through 39 so that it's a little more fresh in um, everyone's minds as we uh, engage with the last few verses. Um, Mm -hmm. So unless there's anything else that you want to chat about beforehand, I think uh, the table is yours, sir. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir upon one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day draw near. For if we go on sinning deliberately after after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set the law of Moses, set aside the law of Moses, dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of of the living God. But recall the former days when, after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an, aiding, and, a, and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming the, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. How are you feeling after that one? <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was that was a lot, man. Thanks for doing that. Yes. And hopefully I didn't butcher anything too badly. Ah, nothing that we can't fix in post, my friend. Okay. The glory <laughs> of editing. <laughs> All right, so we're focusing on the last part, but I really, I, I do think it's beneficial to, to have the whole section read so that we yeah, can oh, we yeah. can hear the hope and the good stuff and and the the theory of fire that will consume the adversaries. Like we get we get the whole picture here, right? And 
what I, I so this is what is interesting to me, right? But recall the former days when, after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle of sufferings. What what is so hard when you're in the middle of something is to see anything else, right? Oh yeah. It is like yeah. it's it's all it is right in front of your face. It's all you can see, it's all you can feel, it's all you can think about when whether it's good or bad, right? Like when you're in puppy love, ooh, it's all you can think about, you know, that person is just your whole world and they're perfect and then you can't see reality. Mm-hmm. And the same goes for when tragedy strikes or trauma or like when you are in the moment, good or bad, you cannot see or think or feel other things. Right. It's just how we are as people. And and so what I appreciate about the author of Hebrews here is saying, but remember back when, the former days, after you were enlightened, and he's reminding them, you endured a hard struggle. Like you've done this before. You have mm-hmm. been here. You have done that. You bought the t-shirt, as they say, right? Like this is not new. You have endured a hard struggle with sufferings. And I just, it is such a wise thing to do for somebody who is going through something, good or bad, is to give them an anchor point outside of the current situation to, to be able to like latch onto or, or look towards, right? Um, just remember this truth. And I, I just, that's, I think it's brilliant that after he goes through the hope and the despair of the first two sections of this, but remember back in the day when you endured a hard struggle and you suffered, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, being made fun of in public, being attacked, being, you know, uh, yelled like what, whatever, right? Public humiliation because of what you believe, and then sometimes being partners with those so treated. Maybe it wasn't you they're getting yelled at, but it was your best friend, it was your wife, it was your business partner, it was your mom. Like he's drawing an emotional connection to these people. Remember when, and that I think that's incredibly powerful for all of us, whether you know the folks that he's writing this to or us listening and reading today. Like, remember when you've been through the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Cause we don't like to remember that stuff generally. No, <laughs> but you know, Dave, you and I have lived enough life to realize, I think that sometimes remembering the struggle can be invaluable in in helping us through the current struggle. You know, whether that's issues in the marriage, issues at work, internal, emotional, spiritual, mental issues, issues with your kids, right? Like there's there's something 
inherently valuable about learning from past struggle to help you in current struggle? I don't really have anything else to say about that. I just, it struck me as really profound and whether that's just, <laughs> you know, and, and it may not be profound to anybody else and that's totally fine, but there's just, I don't know. As often happens, I don't see that or think that until I hear your lovely baritone read it to me. And then <laughs> like, Oh wow. I hadn't thought about that before. Yeah, Maybe that was just for me. I don't know. So, yeah, I, I mean, and this is one of those for me that I like, I'm having so many thoughts. I'm not sure which one <laughs> um, I want to go with. And I don't know, the one that's coming to my mind is almost a little too. So my son-in-law has a ministry in Haiti. And him and some other local folks went down to Texas to help the the um, the people that are on the border trying to get into this country, many of whom who are Haitian. And um, I, you know, I think there was there's multiple reasons for why. Um, they went down there and I think on, so, so, so that was one of the things that I, I think there was a, a conscious willingness to partner with people being treated a certain way. And um, I know that's not, the, my tendency, and I think it's a tendency for a lot of us, is to, one, just avoid those situations. Um, and then two, not just avoid them, but we don't really align ourselves with them. You know, and I also, the other thing is, even as I'm saying this, there's there's so much in this world so many things that need to be addressed, so many atrocities that you, we would go crazy if we tried to align ourselves with every bad thing that went on in this world and tried to fix it. Um, I suppose on, on some level, we could probably try to pray for everything that we could possibly uh, pray for. Um, but but you have to pick and choose. And, and Haiti is near and dear to my son-in-law's heart. And so he went down there. And I'm not even sure that I'm articulating this as well. But verse 34 talks about having that compassion on those in prison and accepting the plundering of your property. And, and so there, there are some, there's a lot of negatives surrounding these people on the border mm -hmm. and how it's been handled and why are they there and just all sorts of different stuff. And Shay went and he speaks uh, Haitian Creole. And so he got to have some conversations with some of these people. And this whole like event is like a, is months in the works kind of a thing. And 
to really kind of try to even explain how it happened and have all these people on the on the doorstep of of the United States is hard to explain. But uh, the other word that stood out to me is the term "you were enlightened." Mm-hmm. And as much as we don't like struggle, and as much as it's like you said, when you're in the moment, it's the only thing you can focus on. I think anytime we come through these moments, whether it's a, a conscious, de- conscious decision to, to go and, and participate in something like this, or it's something that is beyond our control, there is an enlightenment that comes from having gone through struggles and sufferings that I just don't think we get without um, without it being bad. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, that's, I, I guess that's just kind of my, my initial thought to this is just, um, you ask somebody if they want enlightenment, they're going to say yes. But then if you really think about what often has to be experienced for us to receive true enlightenment, so frequently it is not the fun stuff (laughs) so frequently it really is working through hard struggle and suffering so not sure that made sense but that's where my brain went no i it makes sense to me right as you said you you had compassion on those in prison and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your like you did so at your own expense. Mm-hmm. Which, if anyone can understand what that feels like, it would be God. Right? Mm-hmm. He did for us while we were still his enemies mm-hmm. what he did for us at his own expense, at great cost, at cost that we will never understand. The plundering not of his property, but of his family, right? His son. Right. And this is, I love the back half of verse 34. Since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Like mm-hmm. You can take my stuff all you want. It's just stuff. Not only is it not as good as what I have in, in, in God, it won't last. And God is eternal. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that is, I think, an incredibly powerful statement. Because, like, what did I tell you before we started recording? I'm, like, lusting over this camera. That costs <laughs> a stupid amount of money to the point, like, I can't buy it. Like, I just can't. I mean, I could, but it would be an absolutely ridiculous use of money. Mm-hmm. That would be better suited going towards bills, retirement, college fund, you know savings right yeah so technically could i afford it yes would it be a very very stupid way to spend my money a million percent right but it's me just lusting after this piece of technology this toy this thing that i've wanted for you know a Mm -hmm. year that you know and it's just it's just property like it's just a thing and for whatever reason or reasons, I really, 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 really want it. And I don't need it at all. I don't. 
at all. I don't need it. And so having that sort of like, ooh, I want it. It's pretty. It's nice. It's sexy. It's expensive. Ooh, people will know that I'm, you know, a professional or whatever, right? Like all the things that come with having a nice thing. It's like it is just a property and it's not as good a possession as what God has given me, right? The thing that I have, my salvation, and it will not last. That camera will be obsolete in five to six years. Right. Within two, it'll be replaced. Within five to six, it will be absolutely obsolete. Yeah. Right? And, and, and here I am just like drooling over it. When I know for a fact all of those things that I just listed. And I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where like I get really frustrated at myself. And I'm not the only one you know, that has their their thing, right? For some people, it's, you know, uh, season tickets. For others, it's, you know, the newest car model or, you know, like everyone has their thing that they'll spend ridiculous or will desire to spend ridiculous money or time on, right? Um, And we're just, we're chasing happiness in possession or, or status or meaning or... Uh, power or recognition or whatever the case is, right? Right. But here he's saying, you had compassion on those in prison at the cost of your property since you knew that what you had literally pales in comparison to what you have in God. And that's, I think, a mindset we could all... uh, afford <laughs> to uh, embrace more regularly. Yeah. yeah. And I just, you know, with, with all of this, it's just that the, the focus on the here and the now versus the focus on the eternal, you yep. know, w- whether it be in the midst of struggle, whether it be, um, you know, longing for possessions. I mean, everything that we like get, almost consumed by is so temporary, so fleeting. And yet what is eternal and forever? Um, it's almost kind of like, ah, well, I'll, I'll deal with that when it gets here, <laughs> you know, or it's, you know, well, it, there, there is that like, so one, it's, it's the novelty idea, right? Ooh, it's mm-hmm. new, which means it's sexy. Right. And there's also, you said, I'll get, I'll get to it eventually because I know it'll still be there. Like, mm-hmm. so there's no rush, there's no urgency, but like, Ooh, the newest version of X, right? It's, I think it exposes our childish nature. If I can use such a phrase, right? That like, even though we're adults and have our own children, we still have those urges to just, Ooh, new is new is better. New is exciting. Yeah. You know, and I just, and I just, I think too, we just live at a time and in a place where it's just the things that we can lust after. It's just infinite. Well, I, so I think, I think there's, I think that's true of all human nature. I don't think it's unique to our time now, but okay. Yeah. That's what I was going to push back on is like, I, I, 
innovation isn't new. Innovation has been around since people have been around. And there's right. always, you know, uh, the, the newer way to kill the animal or the better, you know, way to heat your home or like there's, there's always been like status has always been a thing. Right. And desire yep. to have new stuff has like, if, if there was no desire to have new and better things, then we wouldn't have the things that we have now. Right. Like it's, I don't know. I, I think we suffer from it in different ways because of the speed with which we can get them. Maybe that's a better way to say it is the speed. Uh, but I think, I think it's just representative of a problem that all humans have faced. We just happen to be at the spearhead, you know, right now. And then, you know, many, many, many years after we're dead and gone, they'll be at the new spearhead of what that looks like. Um, but yeah, it's just, we're chasing after satisfaction and new, not necessarily new, but faster, more efficient, more convenient ways. Right? Like that's what, like all technological progress is just chasing convenience. All it's doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I've lived my entire life in air conditioning pretty much <laughs> except for like, you know, when I was intentionally outside, right? You know how many people live in this planet without the even concept of air conditioning? Billions upon yeah. billions. <laughs> but like, I can't go without it because I've been conditioned to want to live in a specific, you know, temperature yeah. range. Well, and I, I just even think about the way we use our phones constantly. Uh-huh. Like, it wasn't that long ago that you didn't have that at your disposal. And I'm like, mm -hmm. how did we function, um, you know, as, as working in the school? I mean, we have a group text that daily there's a change to how we're doing things. And I'm like... I mean, I guess we're coming up on 20 years now. I keep wanting to say 10 years ago, and it's like, well, no, it's probably more like 20 years ago. But anyway, just it, it really is crazy, and I, I know that's a complete tangent rabbit hole, but um, the things of the world do get in the way. Well, yeah, and, and, and to that end, like I regularly have the thought, what am I teaching my daughter about how we use technology. Like when I'm using my phone around her, am I showing her the best way to use this tool or am I teaching her to use it to escape, to use it to, you know, uh, self-medicate or whatever, right? Like what is she learning from my just normal usage of my phone or my iPad or my computer about what is good and right and okay and acceptable for these sorts of things. And that's like, my parents didn't have to worry about that in the eighties and early nineties that we had TV, you know, and I got a super Nintendo when I was pretty young because my grandpa spoiled me, but like there were strict rules about, well, and at some point the TV turned off, 
Exactly. I think you were, I think you're old enough that at the end of the day, they actually ended broadcasting. For I'm not that old, Dave. I'm not that old. So, but no, but I mean, but there it's was not a, like you couldn't, like you couldn't just stream constantly. Oh yeah. It was like different. You, yeah. Like you were stuck with whatever was on, right? Yeah. Like your 15 channels. Like, all right. Yeah. What are we at gonna, some point, even if it was going on at late, it was it, infomercials it, or whatever, but yeah. It, but the point is, is like what my parents had to deal with in teaching me, you know, what was a good use of my time, a bad use of my time, a good use of tools. It's fundamentally different than what I'm having to teach my kids just yeah. because access is ubiquitous now. And back when I was growing up, it was very different. TVs were three feet deep. They were deeper than they were wide or tall, right? <laughs> you know, now uh-huh. you have the whole world in your pocket. And so there's, it's just a little more uh, daunting, I suppose. Yeah. But anyways, um, carries on in verse 35. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. And I love this. You have need of endurance. Mm-hmm. Like he's saying, remember the struggle, remember everything you've been through, remember how you've, you know, had compassion and you gave up your stuff because you've seen the hope that you have, you know, what's coming, you know, what's real. Don't throw away your confidence. You have a great reward, but you need endurance because that's not the only struggle you're going to go through. You're going through it now. You're going to go through it again, X number of times, um, before you get your reward and, that is not necessarily a message that we hear preached, at least in my experience in the church, is the need for endurance. And not just the need for it, but like the, you need, you need to do, you need to prepare, you need to train. Like endurance is a key part of surviving life. You know, and I just had a friend yesterday who ran the Chicago Marathon. And I, my alarm went off to get ready to go to church and get my kid ready. And I picked up my phone, turned my alarm off, and it's like, oh, Olivia started the Chicago Marathon 15 minutes ago. Because like, there's an app where you can track them on the map and everything. And I was like, well, great. My day's off to a really unproductive start. I just rolled out of bed, and she's already started her marathon. <laughs> and then like, go to church, you know, set up for Bible study, feeling pretty good about myself. Come home, lay on the couch. Olivia is now on mile 13. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> and so it was just, just a, a ever present reminder of like, you know, endurance versus comfort and, and intentionality and discipline and, and all of that sort of stuff, right? We have need of endurance and you don't get endurance without training. And that training doesn't come easy. No. Like endurance, endurance by default is painful. You you earn every bit of it. Like I don't know. I'm I'm preaching to the choir. Like everybody knows that. Like you don't trip and fall into endurance. It's intentional, and it takes time. Yes. So it says that you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. And this. You know, reminds me of Paul saying we need to run the race to win. 
Um, and then it says, for yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. A.K.A. have endurance for a little bit. Jesus is coming back. Live by faith. Be bold. Don't be afraid. Stand firm in what you believe. Have hope, as he said to begin this whole section. Have confidence. Draw near. All of those themes that we've seen throughout Hebrews thus far. And then the closing sentence, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Just a final, like, it's almost like he's given like a halftime speech here. I kind of get that vibe. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to, trying to encourage and pump up and, and motivate and, uh, you know, just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not admonish. Um, it's another one of those fancy terms. Entice? No, that's not right. I can't think of the word, Dave. Oh, well. That's a little embarrassing. <laughs> that's really... I'm, it's going to hit me in like an hour. That word that I'm looking for. And yeah. So, unconveniently, inconveniently missing right now. Anyways, any uh, any final thoughts? No, I don't think so. I think I'm good. All right, well. That'll bring us to, a, uh, to an end here on episode 192 of the Masterclass. Thanks so much for uh, taking the time to uh, hang out with us and to uh, to listen to uh, whatever it is that we just said. Um, we appreciate it. And uh, <laughs> show notes um, are going to be in your podcast app of choice. If you prefer to see them on the interwebs, you can go to uh, supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 192 and... The uh, the links will be there for you to uh, to check out. So uh, that's it for now. And until next time, Dave. Farewell. Bye.